Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lost and Found, formerly the Daily Cup. I'm Dave Garza. I'm Dave Schneider. And we are back to finish up the testimony of Dave Schneider. Um, we think we should be able to get it in one more episode, but if we can't, guess Maybe. what guys, it'll be three. It'll be <laughs> a three-part series. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So now we actually got, we got our audio figured out, so we just want to get a big thank you out to a brother of ours, Randy, for letting us use the recording studio and equipment and have way more knowledge than we could ever have that's that right so thank you, you know, Randy. everybody we'll just give them a big round of applause for randy thank yeah, you very much randy. all right all right now we can just uh slap each other and get back on track here Let's get back so, on track all right now yesterday we talked about uh if you need a bible let us know okay we're gonna dig through we've got a bunch of different um translations so please throw it in the comments down in the bottom there let us know if you need a bible we really want to get one in your hands another okay. thing we we're planning on doing in our series is reading books together so we're going to read books chapter by chapter and story time story time story hour <laughs> with dave and dave so we're going to be reading books together and kind of talking about chapter by chapter what it is that we picked up from this book and we don't want to just do light and fluffy books we're going to do tough ones too yes. but all of them are going to be christian books so. absolutely i think the first one we got one sitting here in front of us now called ordering your private world and guys great book um highly encourage it it's written by gordon mcdonald uh get on check that one out i think one we talked about is the bait of satan man this is a great one for i encourage that one for you to do is like a church Right. Reading. Beta Satan. And then we also talked about aha, and that's good for personal application. Yes. So, I mean, a lot of this stuff, if it's, you know, you can gain all the knowledge of the world. If you don't apply it, it does not matter. That's exactly right. Because, I mean, if you're going to read all this stuff, you might as well just be out in the desert, you know, just kind of wandering around. The crows flying over top right. of your head, watching them That's go right. by. But yeah. we're, we're going to stay away from the crows. So uh, let's just get things kicked off today. Father, if you just uh, put your blessing upon us and work yes. through us, and we just pray that your, your, your word comes through us and impacts somebody's heart, Lord. Just take us out of the equation, Lord, and just let it be you and time they spent with you out of this uh, show and out of this podcast, Lord. And we just ask that you, you just touch their hearts, Lord, and just... Uh, give them some joy, give them some happiness, some time to laugh in this, and some time to also reflect and see what you've done. In your son's name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's get back at it. Yesterday, we cut out uh, right at Dave is in trouble. He's gone through his teen years. Um, he wasn't even supposed to make it to birth. Uh, Satan tried wiping his mom out, wiping him out, and trying to convince his mom that well, that he was going to make things worse on her. That's and right. uh, the Lord healed her. Mm -hmm. And uh, he is here today, obviously. At least I hope he's here. If I'm the only one you hear today, let me know. That's right. <laughs> I see dead you know, people. That's, yeah, well, hey, that kind of weird stuff does happen, man. Uh, but we don't want to be that kind of weird. We're, we're not that weird. We're not that weird. All right, guys. So then he made it through his teen years. Uh, typical rebellious teen. Uh, didn't really know God, had, didn't have much of a relationship with him. He was raised in some religious environment. And um, so he, he never learned about relationship. 
And so he influenced, went into the Navy right after he graduated and got himself in trouble as he reached, um, run it by me again, the name in Japan? Yokosuka. Yokosuka, Japan is where Dave was headed after he got into the Navy on to be aboard uh, the Kitty Hawk. Yep. And uh, he got to Japan. The Kitty Hawk was already out. And so he was there at base and going into town and got himself in trouble underage drinking. He got himself in front of the Master Chief and pled guilty uh, because, I mean, what are you going to argue when you show up all types of messed up to the base? So, right. yeah, we, we, we've had a discussion of great decisions. Check out part one That's right. yep. <laughs> for a little more information. But I stopped us right at Davis. Now, talk to the Master Chief. He has pled guilty, and now he is facing his captain of the ship, which I can only imagine the intimidation in that one. Um, yeah, I hope you wore an extra pair of pants because that... Yeah, that just makes me nervous thinking about it. Anyway, I didn't even like getting in trouble with my father, let alone the captain of, of a naval ship. That's right. <laughs> it's it's a little bit uh, life-changing. I bet it life was. Life-altering. Not for me. Not for you, right. But uh, life-altering. Yes, absolutely. So let's just get right back at it, guys. Um, Dave is in front of the captain getting ready to hear his discipline. So uh, take it away, brother. All right. So, um, yeah, so like uh, Dave alluded to, I'm standing before the captain in my dress blues. It's hotter than heck. Um, it's even hotter because I know what's coming and uh, all your commands looking at you. Pearson eyes. They already know. <laughs> you already know. We already know. But the captain's the one that makes the final decision on how much of uh, of a punishment you get. Right. And so um, if, if it, it was to be a more serious offense, other than what I had, I would have ended up having to go to general court-martial. That one, you stand before the admiral and a bunch of your peers, and it's more like a court setting. That sounds terrifying. It's horrible. Yeah. You know, and so uh, I'm sure you guys have seen some of the great movies of, you can't handle the truth. Yeah, that's pretty much a general court-martial. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you got Jag there yeah. and a whole nine yards. Yeah, in. I was going to say. Not, it would not, probably be a lot cooler with Jag Nicholas. Yeah, it would be. Okay. However, <laughs> that's never the case. Okay? Never. Yeah. All right. So I'm going up, and I'm standing before the captain. I do all my facing movements. I'm standing right in front of him. He's like, how do you plead? I said, I plead guilty, obviously. And uh, he goes, okay, um, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to give you 30 days of restriction. And so basically restriction means you can't leave the ship. Right. Um, also to note with restriction, if you're underway, that time doesn't count towards your restriction time. So it oh, only nice. counts when you uh, when you hit port. But the Kitty Hawk had just came back in, so... We had plenty of time. Right, right. Um, also important to note that you can't leave the ship with the exception of if you have an E5 or above that is willing to take you off the ship. And they have to sign you out, and there's a whole process. And they're yep. responsible for you, and I assume. Yep, they're responsible for you, which so, is it's really hard because most E5s and above are already married. Right. And so they want to go home to their they're wife. They're not trying to babysit a girl. Yeah, they're not trying to babysit a 
a grown man like myself <laughs> um at that point i was you know i was 19 years old getting ready to turn 20 i believe i turned 20 while i was on restriction right so i got 30 days of restriction and i got 30 days of extra duty and so extra duty is basically you have to go up you muster three times a day and they yeah dave schneider here present you know you have to show up in uniform of the day which is most of the time something uncomfortable that you didn't really have ready right and so you have to spend a lot of time ironing clothes and making sure everything's clean and pressed and they do an inspection and they stand in front of you right in front of your face and they look you up and down and then they say if you you missed a shave shipmate you know or you need yeah. a haircut shipmate and yep. then you have to get somebody to take you off the ship to get a haircut right. or something Clip anyway, your nails right exactly pluck the hair out of your nose do you got your do you got your id card in there they flick your pocket to make sure you get yeah. an id in there oh, anyway yeah. so it's they do the whole dress you up dress you down make sure you're good yep and uh and then you go work for a different department uh i, I believe it's twice a day you you go work for a different department maybe it's three times a day right but you go work for a different department that you don't belong to mm. to do micro dirty jobs <laughs> the stuff that nobody else wants to do yeah you're doing those jobs oh yeah okay so the, and most of the time it's it's not uh stuff that you want to do well i could imagine it's punishment right so. they show up they sign you out they're like all right he's gonna come work for us for half an hour to an hour you know and so you go do that anyway so that's extra duty um they also have a brig on board the ship luckily i never made it to the brig you make it to the brig that's uh you know three days of just bread and water and that's all you get to eat yeah and all you get to drink you know for three days straight it's horrible that's for people that mess up when they're on restriction when, already right, right so i never made it there thankfully praise <laughs> god he knew yeah. he knew me beforehand yeah and then um so and then i got uh half months pay times two so i got for two months straight I got half of my pay, which if you can imagine, your pay as an E2 is, is, is not minimal. Rolling, right, not, well, right. I'm, not, it, I'm not cashing in checks, okay? <laughs> Barely cashing in checks. So I got half month's pay times two, and then I got reduction in rates. So I went from an E2 to an E1, so I'm at square zero again. Now, is this for the whole time or just during punishment? It's until it's until I'm eligible to upgrade again. Oh, ouch. so So it really hurts. Man. Another thing to... They weren't uh, afraid to just slap one to you, no, were they? No, they slap you. They're, they're good with it. You know, you already messed up. You know it. So it, it, another thing to uh, remember is when they do this and say I was an E4 or an E5, as soon as you get frocked, which means promoted, yep. um, you have a certain window of time before you actually become an E5 in the system. Gotcha. So if you get busted after you get frocked, and before you're in the system, you mm -hmm. drop two ranks instead of one. Ouch. So you go from like an E5 to an E3. Yeah. And that that's rough. So I got that going for me. And so I'm new to the ship. This is a great start. 
Um, <laughs> so we're still here with all these great decisions. Overachieving yes, by a long shot yes. in the wrong way. In the wrong way. So I go, I, you know, another thing to kind of point out. So kind of go back a little bit because um, I remember this last night after we had had the discussion. But so when I was kind of talking to God when I was a teenager, I was telling him, I was like, look, God, if you're real, I need to know. You got to show me. Right. You know, and I was listening to the radio at one point and just regular radio, mm-hmm. not, nothing extreme. And uh, my sister can vouch for this. She was there. Right. Um, and so we were kind of listening and all of a sudden a preacher comes on and he's talking. I can't remember what he was talking about or right. anything like that. I mean, it's kind of irrelevant. But at the time, I didn't notice. We were both looked at each other like, wow, that was really weird. Right. You know, like, uh, when does that happen? The radio's not moving or anything. <laughs> this is back in the 90s when, right. you know, um, in order for your radio station to move or whatever. You had you to, to turn move, the knob. It, you had to move yeah. the, yeah. yeah. So yeah, For this, all you young kids, this that's was right. before digital. That's right. Digital. We used to have to actually work for it to make it do things. That's right. We turn the. I know that's a lot of work, guys. Right. And it doesn't just come in, right? Yeah, you have to. Yeah. You have to mess with it a you little can't bit. Just, so, oh, got it. Hey, got it. Or, hey. Uh, radio, play this station. Right. See, we didn't have that. We as children were actually that for our fathers. They had audio remotes. It was David. <laughs> Change the channel. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So yeah. So um. The, at that point, it was kind of like a preacher comes on, and we were both looking at each other like, wow, that was really weird. Uh, yeah. And then... Yeah, because there, there, you didn't really have a relationship with God no, at this point, I, right? I had, I had asked him, I, I had asked him, like, God, if you're real, you have to show me. But I had never really had an experience like that. And at that time, I knew nothing about any of this stuff. I wasn't yeah. charismatic So this wasn't an aha, uh, uh-huh, it's God moment. It was, no, uh, it was a... Yeah, it's going on. (laughs) Yeah, this is wild. So that kind of broke the mold for that. But it always stuck with me. Like, as I sit back now, it it dawns on me that it happened. Right. Now that I understand a lot more. Absolutely. Um, But anyway, so and then after that, um, I had a dream. Uh, and this is way before I even thought about joining the Navy or even had the inkling to go or anything like that. Right. Nothing. Right. And um, I remember having a dream where I walked on to a ship into the hangar bay, you know, <laughs> planes inside the hangar bay. You would walk downstairs and you'd walk into this big steel room uh-huh. and... You know, the racks are three racks high. And uh, I remember walking into this room and, you know, I got assigned a bunk and, you know, the whole nine yards. Right. And uh, come to find, I, like, at the time, I was like, man, this is seems real familiar to me. Right. As, like, as this stuff was happening when, when I was in the Navy. I, I and, and it was exactly the birthing that I was in. The layout of the planes was all the same. It, it was, I God showed me this before I even walked on board a ship right. or even thought Ever about even had any at, of these thoughts. Right. Never had a thought like this at right. all. 
and had this dream and walked down to my birthing that's the exact same layout oh, man. and got assigned exactly the same rack that God showed me I was wow. going to be in. Wow. And so like that was a really wild experience. So I get into my birthing unit um, and I'm assigned the exact same rack and I got assigned to the propulsion three uh, division the in engineering division. And um, so I'm in propulsion three, which, you know, you walk down and, the, and it's a machinery room with two humongous boilers that are 1200 main steam and can kill you really quickly. Right. Um, if there's a big incident with a, an engine is si two stories tall and right. has to be the size of a skyscraper at the base. Oh, the thing is huge. Right. You know, right. and so I get assigned to this division and department and I'm like, OK, um, this is kind of what I signed up for, you know, um, so I'm going to kind of make the best of this and kind of move up from here to what I was going to do. Right. So before you go underway, it takes at least a week or two to get you go on ship steam. Um, you're running and maintaining the ship through the ship's auxiliary equipment. Right. And um, so that they can verify that you can maintain and keep steam for a certain amount of time before you go underway. Right. So the the part about this that was challenging was um, in this division, in this department, you had to stand watch and that's all you did. Right. So if you can imagine being underway for six months and the entire time you're underway, you're standing watch six hours on six hours off six hours on six hours off for six months straight yeah that's uh it was pretty rough it's uh, like being yeah. in jail yeah you know stamping license plates right, right. yeah, yeah it's it's very routine very tedious very tedious it's really boring yeah. it's hot hotter than blazes um so i got off restriction um before we went underway and so you'd think you'd think that dave would learn <laughs> his lesson like maybe I'm, I'm 20 years old at this point now so we're going full steam full steam ahead we're going all in on let's see how stupid we can be legally legally now yeah, now you could go legally be stupid right and yeah. so um i go out i'm drinking way more than I've ever drank in my life. I got so good at it that I couldn't perform my duties without drinking first. Right. Yeah. And I would drink so much that I would be drunk half the next day and then go back out to the bar and just pick and, up where and left pick off. up where I left off. So I spent the entire time almost in in uh in the Navy. Yeah. Drunk all on my all the time yeah. i got really really good at it yeah. um to the point <laughs> where i could do my job drunk or sober i do my job better drunk than sober right um so i spent a lot of time with that so we we uh go on our first deployment and this is before like i said in the podcast before the the uss kitty hawk was out um in response to 9 11. and so they went to the gulf for a little while 
And this was about the time that I started to come in and uh, I started to um, uh, be, be on the ship. And so we go out on this deployment and this is just a regular deployment because uh, there was another ship that was actually in the Gulf um, putting warheads on foreheads. They were out deployed, um, taking our place. And then uh, I remember we went to Hong Kong. That was my first time in Hong Kong. We went to Singapore uh, for my first time. And then I think we went to Guam. And um, there's Hong Kong it, at that time was free, uh, free country. Yeah. Um, so you can pretty much do whatever you want. This is my first port outside of Japan that is brand new to me. Mm. And um, so it was at this point that, uh, I mean, up until this point, um, I had never really experienced life, right, without my parents being around. Um, So we went just wild, you know. I went out with some friends, and we were drinking and partying with ladies of the night which was my first experience with that too. Yeah. So lost the old uh, virginity to a woman of the night, which was not recommended. Right. Um, like I said, I'm going to be real honest with you here. Um, so this is, this is my first experience with anything like that. Right. We we're, were just out and they're um, partying, um, eating food, just kind of just chilling uh, we went to Singapore, and Singapore is a pretty strict country. Um, if you get caught walking and chewing bubble gum, they'll cane you. Wow. Um, you can't smoke and walk at the same time, they'll cane you. Um, what is you, cane you? The cane, they, they take... Whoop you with a cane? They take a bamboo stick that's soaked in water for long enough that it's... It, it's got a lot of snap to it. Oh, you think yeah. getting slapped with a belt hurts? Get slapped with a bamboo stick. That's, Damn, that's like the Japanese version of going out and picking your own switch. That's exactly what Ooh, it is, right? Fun. Only you don't get to pick it. Oh, they picked it. They for picked you. it for you right. and pre-soaked it. And pre-soaked <laughs> it. They were they were ahead of the game, man. They knew what they were doing. So you can't spit on the. There's like a hundred different rules that you have to abide by, and you think that. You know, some sailors be smart, and we're not going to get caught doing it. No. Right. Somebody gets caught in Mm -hmm. every single port. Mm -hmm. So at this this deployment, it wasn't, we weren't really um, told that we have to be back to the ship at any certain time. Right. So at this point, it's all pretty much free. As long as you're good enough to come in, stand duty. You could go out and do whatever you want, be out as long as you want, right. do whatever. Right. Right. So we did that. We went to Guam. That was my first experience. The only thing in Guam is they got like one mall and bars and strip clubs. That's it. Yeah. The entire and, and a Navy base. Right. And that's it. Um, Guam is the U.S. territory. Yep. And so we visited there more than I ever care to visit <laughs> again. Right. Um, it's pretty tropical, um, but it's that's about all there is to do. Right. So we went to there, and then we then we came back, and we we're in Japan for another 
six months in preparation for deployment for Operation Enduring Freedom or Operation Iraqi Freedom. I can't remember which one. Right. And so we're in port to prep to go to war at this point. And um, so it the debauchery gets more and more extreme as we go on. Um, I, I pretty much at this point am living my life 100% for the devil, man. I'm, I'm going as hardcore as you can. Uh, you said bars, trippers. And women of the night. Women of the night. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. so we get more and more extreme. And at this point, we started a club and we called it Two Flag Armada. And this club was basically just me and a couple of friends that like to skateboard and do stupid stuff. And we were like Bam Margera and Johnny Knoxville before Bam Margera and Johnny Knoxville <laughs> were really cool. Right. We were doing all kinds of really dumb stuff. Like I watched the uh, one of my friends or one of the guys that was kind of in our group of skater guys eat, uh, swallowed a live bird and uh, swallowed a live swallowed bird. a live bird. Um, it it that, was the that best. sounds like I can't decide if that's funny. <laughs> it was or it was sad. It, yeah, yeah, and I feel a little sad for him. So we're out skating. This dude swallows this live bird, and then like three five minutes later, he throws it back up because it was. So yeah, we this is this is the kind of stuff we're doing, you know. So yeah. it's it's real ridiculous, you know. And so we're kind of hanging out, me and this group, and then we kind of decide that two flag armada because. Pretty much, you got two different coasts of the Navy. You got the East Coast sailors, right. which actually have standards and like they make you shave. And <laughs> right. And then you have West Coast sailors, and we were pretty much the pirates of the Navy. Right. Okay, so like Miguel's Navy, like that was pretty hey, much, yeah, yeah. you know, about the the you're almost out of uniform. You know, <laughs> you got the electrician that's making. That was us. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yesterday, I found a Band-Aid. Today, right. I, I found, found a fingernail. fingernail. Yeah, the Band-Aid was holding the finger on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was pretty. It was pretty much that kind of a of an environment, and we were right. we were pretty much the pirates of the navy. We were we were kicking it in a high gear and right. just living life as wild as as humanly possible. Right. And so we get ready to go underway for Operation Enduring Freedom, and uh, we deploy, we do our um, checks, and at this point, so because we're going to have live ammunition on board the ship, we have to pick up the air wings, so normally on an aircraft carrier, you got about 6,000 people on board right. with the air wing, right. so normal ship staff, the, the people that aren't launching planes, we have to leave Yokosuka, Japan, and then maybe one or two weeks later, the air wing flies on board and they start doing flight operations. They're testing the jets to make sure that, you know, they can go super fast and that they that all the all the components work right. And we're launching planes at nighttime so that they the pilots get used to landing on board a ship at night. Right. They do it at heavy seas so that they can get used to landing on board while the ships rock rough waters you know they do regular day operations nighttime operations all this other stuff so we pick up the air wing and we pick up all our ammunition and we go and we're in the gulf now like i said i worked in the main space and this was winter time in japan and it was like 
I don't know, 20, maybe 30 degrees. It was probably a little less than that, maybe 10 to 20 degrees outside. In this main space, it's 90 degrees oh, man. all the time. So in wintertime in Japan, it's still 90 degrees in the space. Oh, so well, thank you. We get to the Gulf where we're getting ready to, to go into war, and it is so hot in the Gulf. It is like 100 degrees outside. Sounds like you're out in the desert. Yes. So <laughs> it's 100 degrees outside, which means in the main space, it's 190 degrees. Ooh. And so I'm sweating all the time, six hours a day, 12 hours a day, six different watches. They had ended up having to split it up to where we were doing four, four hours on and eight hours off just because of the heat level right. inside the space right right so we're if you're not standing under a vent your boots it's so hot that your boots will will melt to the deck plates because the deck is all metal wow it's that hot so we're doing this um we're launching planes and we're uh they in order for us to go to war they had to do some experimental vaccinations on us and i remember one of them we we all ended up getting um like i think it was typhoid i can't remember exactly what it was but it was something that you know i had gotten a long time ago but they made sure we got it again mm -hmm. and then we ended up getting injected with anthrax because at that time the big scare was anthrax right, right? people were open right. up mail and yep. they breathe in anthrax and they die yep and so in order for us so getting the anthrax vaccination doesn't make it so you don't die it just makes you live long enough that you can save the okay, ship okay. yep yeah and then you'll die and then you'll die so um basically we ended up getting i don't know three of those series and then like halfway through they were like hey uh maybe this isn't a good idea you think <laughs> you know i'm like hey man you're th shooting us up with anthrax man i, I could have told you that's not going to be good for us yeah i don't you know? know i don't know if you need a rule book but i don't need to be a scientist to know that anthrax is not <laughs> something <laughs> that you should inject that you should be adjusted you know yeah. or, or putting in your body i, I don't know i'm yeah so we did three of those and then it took like maybe a few months after that and then they were kind of like oh, okay we're, we've already done half so we might as well finish it up so then oh, we got yeah. the last three and so we did that and we're out there we're launching planes and um we were out for a hundred and i think it was like 148 days straight oh. without without hitting port and it's 190 degrees it's just miserable right. and at a certain amount of time the navy is supposed to give you like this uh ceremony a steel beach picnic where they give you like two beers and you're underway it's been forever since you've had a drink so right. what's a couple you know because we've conditioned conditioned ourselves that a couple isn't going to do a lot uh right you know? um but anyway so we go through that we we actually didn't get one and i was kind of frustrated with that um and then they have a ceremony it's called log day um when you cross the equator they do a special 
indoctrination process, if you will, to where you are this polywog, you wear a white shirt, you know, all of the shellbacks, that's what you're trying to go into. So like you're transitioning from a polywog, somebody that's never been out to sea or across the equator, right. to becoming a shellback after you go through this whole long process of you go, you meet King Neptune, which is, it is what it is. I mean, <laughs> right. You know, they make you dunk into water and they pour oh, yeah. Tabasco sauce in your pants and coffee grounds in your hair. So you're making coffee for at least a month and you can't pee right. <laughs> um, so sorry, sorry. This, anyway, so that's what, that's what happens. So you go through an entire day. Um, the only way to skip this is, so when you go into Wog Day, they raise the Jolly Roger flag. Uh -huh. And the only way to not have to go through poly, for, through Wog Day is to get this flag from the top of the ship. And get it down? And get it down without being caught. Good luck. That, right. Um, so right. anyway, so I go through Wog Day um, and, you know, part, part of the initiation is, you know, like the shellbacks are eating really good breakfast and you get horrible breakfast. Uh -huh. Which, it's hard to mess up breakfast, but they do it on purpose. <laughs> right. Right? So, right. this whole ordeal, and you go through, and you, you do all this stuff, and then you become a shellback. So, now I'm a shellback, you know, and... Um, no longer a polywog. No longer a polywog. I've been cleaned and rectified. And rectified. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so we go through that, and we're coming back. You know, thankfully, it's not 190 degrees <laughs> in the main space anymore. Praise the Lord. And, uh, you know, we, we had some close calls when we were on board the ship. You know, there was a couple of days, maybe a week, where we had to wear a gas mask or have it on us, you know, just in case. Just we in were case. Get, had some eminent threats. We had some eminent threats, yeah, um, while we were on board. But a lot of it was pretty <clears throat> routine. <clears throat> um routine things right right well so, i guess you got to keep you trained up and keep you prepared you know especially because if you just tuned in dave is giving um his testimony here and he's he's talking about being out to sea and this is in 2001 2002 i'm assuming we've had some time lapse right. here Two, so you're probably, i think it was like 2002 to 2003 gotcha range. gotcha so the imminent threat of because we are in active war right. at this time, and uh, yeah, so they are. What he's explaining is these these drills and these things that they had to continue to do uh, to keep them prepared. Right. I mean, for the reality of what's going on right. so in they, the world. So they would run, you know, main space fire drills, and they do all these things. That was kind of a drill, but the imminent threat one was an active threat mm. so it wasn't like training at this point this is this is we're sitting in general quarters which is everybody on the ship has a specific station at a repair locker right. that you go to and we're just ready for an attack right so when the attack comes in you're prepared um, they call out you know um this part of the ship was under attack it's flooding or this part of the ship is under attack it's on fire and you would be responsible you can't call the fire department you are the fire department. <laughs> you are the fire department so right. 
um, at this, you know, like, so there was at least a week where we walked around with gas masks and there was a point where it was such an imminent threat that they made us go to repair lockers and just kind of wait. Just Just sit and wait. Just sit and wait. Just uh, Um, either we're getting attacked or we're not. Right. That's that's your outlook. That's right. And the the USS Kitty Hawk was forward deployed. So if there was any sort of confrontation, there was a lot of confrontations that we had that nobody really knew, with the exception of people with uh, security clearances right. that, that were going on that knew we're we're facing an active threat right now. Right. So there was a lot of uh, incidences that happened that not very many people knew about. Well, right. I mean, you got to figure from their point of view, too, if the, if the government came out or the military came out and let the world know about every active threat, right? we would be in panic all the time. Right. So, so I get back and, you know, I'm still living this lifestyle of craziness and whatever. But at this point, so out to sea during war in a war zone is tax-free. So I got all this money coming in because I had made E3 by this point, right. maybe E4 by this point. So you're not making it's, pennies anymore. I'm not making pennies <laughs> anymore. I'm not at the bottom of the burial. And um, we're, I made, I made E4, um, short, if, if not at that point, shortly after. And so all that stuff was tax-free. Right. So I'm rolling in tax-free money for six months. Man, you want to talk about how much money that is it's 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 a ridiculous amount um so we get back in port and uh we're we're just it, if you could if you could take living a life that is ridiculously crazy and then magnifying it times a thousand that's what that's what it was that's what it was that's what it was. And so um, we were, it, it got a little out of hand. And I remember at, at this point, um, I ran into a, a Japanese national, um, yeah. a girl, and we were just trying to, you know, get lucky, I guess, for lack of a better word. Right. And um, we ended up, I ended up, conceiving my son and um he still lives in japan yeah he's actually 18 years old now um but so i run into we we do everything and uh she comes to me and she's like hey you know i'm pregnant and mind you this is i I still had a moral compass even though i was going wild you know i would have called myself a Christian at this point because that was kind of my upbringing. And I had never really seen anybody that really lived a life any better than what I was trying to do right here. I'm just trying to make it. Right. Right. And so, so even in the midst of your foolish lifestyle and sinful lifestyle, you were still had a conscience still had that would say it was pretty, uh, it, it wasn't, it wasn't like it really stuck out to me. Right. But it was there. So I knew that. And so she comes to me and she's like, hey, I'm pregnant. And the only way I'm going to keep this kid is if you marry me so I can have the baby on base. Right. And, you know, to have a baby in Japan isn't cheap. 
No. You know, and they they're not trying to keep a lot of kids either. No. Um, it, it's a it's a you know it's an island, and so um, that they'd be more apt to keep Brody because he's a boy. Right. Right. <laughs> For being I, I mean, that's the honest. You know, not trying to be uh, right. Not trying to be horrible here, but that's the truth. That right? is the truth. So um, we so I agree um, because at this point I knew I. I knew it was wrong. Right. You know, I was like, right. look, man, you know, I know I've, I've really screwed up a lot. You know, I've, I, uh, I, I've done plenty of bad things here. I, I need to make this one right. If, if I'm going to do anything, I'm going to do this one right. So right. Uh, me and her decided, yeah, we're going to get married. And um, we went to Guam and actually got married in Guam. And because uh, it's a U.S. territory. Right. So... We get married. We have Brody. Actually, when um, Brody was born, I was underway. Mm. So um, you didn't get to be there. For I, I was not there for it, you know, and it wasn't until he was maybe three months old that I actually got to see him. Right. You know, right. because she had him pretty much in the middle of one of my deployments. Well, yeah, and you can't be like, hey, guys, you mind if you drop me off? And <laughs> Well, so normally if we're hitting ports on a regular basis and they know that there's something, if your command approves it, then they will send you out. Then they'll send you out. But with the rotation, the with the watch rotation that we were on, I was one of two that could do the job that I was doing. Right. And so they just wouldn't send me out. Right. So that was kind of a rip off. But anyway, so we have this kid. I'm newly married now, you know, and, um, you know, she has him on base. His name's Brody Evan Schneider at this point. Right. And um, I decided, you know, like, I'm going to try and do this right. So I stopped um, hanging out with the two flag armada guys because we were wild dude you want to talk about punk rock before punk rock was cool um <laughs> you know red plaid pants and mohawks if we could have them right um tattoos piercings the whole nine yards right and we're doing this as legal as we can right military issue um but it obviously is a you know it is what it is it's, it's right. pretty tame uh-huh so anyway um, I, I stopped hanging out with those guys and, um, I started trying to make a home life work. What right. I mean, with the way the Navy is with the deployment schedule, the way it is being forward deployed, you can only make so much work, Right. you know, and right. it wasn't like, um, I was marrying a person that was intentionally trying to be faithful either. Because there was a lot of that that would happen right. um, where the Navy guys would go away. People from another ship are Come still there. In. And yeah. it's not like things don't happen right. behind your right. back. And, you know, at this point, <laughs> I, I kind of understood that that was happening, but I was still trying to make it work. Well, yeah. And um, so I was because I was married. And in E4, I could live off base um, because of my marriage and the home life. Right. And um, so I'm trying to make this thing work to the best of my ability. 
and um, we uh, we we get to um, barely, you know, trying to trying to make this thing as as kosher as possible, um, but you know that's it's always tough. So at this point, um, I'm newly married, have a kid, right, and that's 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 probably um, pro- probably where I was trying to make everything work to the best of my ability. Yeah. Actually putting forth some real effort. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so we had many different, um, struggles. Right. She, she was a Japanese national. I was American. Well, and considering the time that you ever even had to get to know each other, Right. I it mean, was it was pretty minimal. Yeah. In right, itself. Right. And um they uh she would she she liked to frequent concerts. And so like she'd just be like, Hey, you know, we got free concert tickets to go see Slipknot or to go see um Yellow Card or right. Newfound Glory or right. any of these bands she'd be like we got free tickets to go see this band and i'm like how'd you get free tickets to go see this band you know she'd go visit these groups she was like you know she would go visit these bands and Mm -hmm. i'm not dumb well right i'm pretty dumb but i'm not that dumb dumb. and um so anyway we we also had a hard time communicating because she was Japanese. I was American. Did she speak much English? N- next to none. Yeah. And so that made it really, really hard. So I got really good at knowing when she was cussing at me in J- Japanese. <laughs> um, it's usually one of the first things we get familiar that's, with. That's, yeah. you know, um, I was there long enough at that point to know that probably wasn't Hey there, buddy. Yeah, I don't You're think doing that was a great a, job. Yeah, I don't think that was no, encouragement. That was not encouragement. <laughs> you know, you, you could always, you know what you heard, but then you could always step away. And, you know, I'm pretty sure she said, Dave, you're a great guy. And you yeah. did a great job. I'm pretty sure that wasn't what she said. <laughs> so, right. so yes, it, 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 it got to be very complicated to the point where the big issues seem like small issues. Right. You right. know, and it, it was so toxic that um, I, I couldn't recognize when we were actually having problems because, because it was just a constant. It was it was a constant problem. Right. I was always deployed. I was never home. She was always out doing other things. I have a son. My son's involved in all of this. It's just messy. Right. It's complicated. Right. You know and. It's not like I was living a life for Jesus at this point or even close to it, you know, so I didn't really know what I was doing. So even the big problems seemed like small ones, you know, but we had plenty of plenty of problems um, just even with communication standpoint um, that we couldn't really express to each other. And, you know, so I. I'm still deploying. I'm still doing all this stuff. And she's like, Hey, you know, um, I want to get divorced. And 
I'm, I'm drinking really heavily to the point where, you know, um, I, I've, I function. That's how I function. Yeah. I drink there too, buddy. I know what you mean. I can drink, um, a fifth of Jack Daniels and feel fine and still keep operating. Right. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm to that point where it's, it's just, it's beyond anything that anybody that could help. I should have gone to AA right more, more times than I can it's count. one of those things where, uh, you know, even though you didn't have that relationship with God, that, that doesn't, you know, that relationship with God doesn't, this is a great point here. Everybody who's listening, um, you know, knowing Jesus and having that relationship doesn't mean that these problems are not going to come. Right. Um, this... That is a horrible, horrible uh, thought that a lot of churches want to put in believers' heads and their congregations' heads that, oh, come to Jesus, uh, it's going to fix everything. No, but here's the difference is if you would have had that relationship with Jesus, there would have been a lot more option. There right. would have been a lot more avenues to repairing reconciliation. Right. And uh, and the Bible, the revival, the Bible straight up tells you that it rains on the just and the unjust alike. Equally, and yes. a lot of um a lot of churches do kind of preach like that, but I think it comes from maybe a lack of understanding to a certain extent, or I like I so. wanna I want to draw these people in, I want to give them hope. There is hope in, in, you know, like a lot of my problems was more self-induced. Oh, absolutely. Than the the devil attacking me. Right. I mean, it probably. You can only blame so much on the devil. Right. I mean, to a certain extent, you could say, yes, um, the Bible, the devil was attacking me. However, you could also say that plenty of these um, situations I put there myself. I was going to say, you were, you were tag teaming your own life with the devil that's right here you know what i'll take over for a bit buddy right. let me screw things you up got, because you you have taught me how to do such a good job of you got macho up. man of the randy savage and stinking razor ramon tag team and he, <laughs> you know it's, it's a it's a you know what was it the the duggers or no what was it? oh uh the uh, the steiner brother yeah the, the steiner brother we, we just were, confused everybody who was not born <laughs> in the last 20 years that's right but it, <laughs> Hulk, they were wrestlers. The wrestlers. <laughs> Hulk Hogan, you know, yeah, the, the yeah. golden age. Good. So anyways, yeah, so... The John Cena's of our day. Right. There we John go. John Cena's that, The that, Rock. Now we just got their The Rock. Oh, yeah, yeah, or The Rock. So anyways, so yeah, I mean, there was a lot of this stuff that I put there myself. And so we um, decided that we were going to get divorced. And around this time... Now, how does that work, if you don't mind me cutting you off here, Dave? How does that work in Japan? Are they, because I know that, you know, I, I'm not super educated on their culture, but I do know that in a lot of ways they hold their culture to a much higher standard in right. certain avenues like that. So I just, was it a, oh, fill out this form or was it, oh, if you do this, I'm going to take your finger, uh, you know, and I'm, of course I'm, I, I'm being exaggerating here, right. but you know, so what was what was that that at least that process like? I think some of the listeners would probably be interested in that. Is um, many of us, including myself, so, have uh, gone through divorce here in the United States. So the process is a lot easier than what you think. the The culture, though, however, was 
looking down on you hard L- looked down on on not just me but her oh yeah and like her parents i mean her dad if you thought miku didn't speak in english her dad was way less than that right, right. and he, older generation he, from... he knew how to say hi and right. like that was it and that was it that was it right. and so um her her mom was a lot better and i liked i loved her parents right and and they did a really good job with miku or with uh brody yeah um because that that point in our lives both miku and i were drunk all the time right like we would right. neither one of you were trying to we, live for we God. were not well not even just that but we weren't even parents right you know we right. were we were so, so thank god for grandma and grandpa yes out there grandma and grandpa really raised brody a lot of the yeah. time yeah. like 95 percent of the time it was them them doing doing the, doing the work you know and they were great people yeah and i remember before it was kind of backtrack a bit yeah um i remember before i got married you you want to talk about culture one of the things that they did or her dad did <coughs> was he got me drunk yeah to see how i was drunk drunk or if as a person aggressive or right. abusive exactly or... he wanted to see by me giving you my daughter like what are you gonna do right it's, a, it's an honor hands. thing absolutely. right like absolutely. honor culture it's very samurai-esque oh yes right? well their culture is so what's the right word i don't want to say it's an honor old, driven it's an old, well honor driven in such an old culture right where honor and who you were is and the, the most type of man you thing. were meant everything yeah if, if, if you were not a man of your word you were not a man if right. you did not have honor you were not a man right there there were certain things if they were to take the culture to the extreme you know samurais killed themselves if over they dishonored honor. yes right. Yeah, and so like this was a big part of their culture, mm-hmm. right? And so Miku and I are getting ready to get divorced, and this was like maybe two, three years at most, right? That we were married, and uh, I'm sure they disliked me a lot, but <laughs> they they had good reason. Well, right. If right. if and th- these were things that I had to come to grips with after I became a Christian, which we'll get to later. Yes. But, you know, they had, I had to take responsibility for who I was before I knew Jesus, because that stuff doesn't go away. No, it doesn't. You know, um, the tracks you laid, yes, you get forgiveness from Jesus, but the consequences still remain. Well, that's why when we begin that walk, part of taking that journey with God is reconciling. Right. You know, we're given the ministry of reconciliation according to the word. Yes. And so anyways, not to jump too far ahead, but this is stuff that I'm recognizing. Right. Uh, Not at this point. And so we're getting ready to get divorced. The process is, you know, you go into their city hall, essentially. Right. Fill out a paper. They notarize it. Bam. You're no longer married. That's it. Gotcha. But society like I said, her mom and dad just really were not happy. Put the boots to you. Right. We're not happy with this um, thing going on because right. now, you know, she goes to try and get married again if it's not 
an American or somebody that doesn't live in Japan, they're going to look down on her and never let her get married again gotcha. or not want to marry her because she had this previous relationship. I was going to say, I do know that. I have studied that in their culture, that uh, men and women alike, alike that yeah. if you had a divorce and they know about it, they will just, that no it's, matter how much they quote-unquote love you or want to be with you, they will draw the line right there. Oh, you had a divorce? No, goodbye. It's less likely for a man in the relationship if they've been divorced. It's less like they are harder on women than men in this culture. Well, and that's a lot like our culture also. I mean, if you look in that, you look, yeah. But, but... We've done a lot different. Well, <laughs> right, you know, right. Not, but, right. Anyway. but you look at it back in history. Right. You know, there's exactly. there's many things. If a woman got a divorce, she was, I mean, you know, she was flat out. Damaged goods. Damaged goods, man. Yeah. She was no good. There was, and the man could go off and do his thing. And, you know, and, and people, there was a lot of cultural look down on them, but nothing like that. Nothing like what the women in our country were subject to. Right. And so I remember, so this, this, there was a lot going on at this point. We're going through the process of getting divorced. I'm getting ready to, to transfer um, from Japan to a different duty station. So I serve four years out to sea, and by the regulations, I can move to a different command. Mm, okay. Um, but because all this stuff is going on and i want to make this work so i kind of talked her into let's try and do counseling let's let's try and make this thing work right let's let's do what we can to kind of maybe get somebody in here that can help us mend things right and so we start to go through this process so um i extended on board the ship so i've already been on the uss kitty hawk for four years right i extended for two to um try and appease and try and work this thing out right right so you weren't drug away right exactly yeah and so because i had extended for two years i got to change my rate uh the job that i was doing on the ship at this point i got to pick Gotcha. what i wanted to do right you know so you go into the career counselor and the career counselor is like okay these are the rates that are available to you it's an individual mm-hmm. uh, what is it that you want to do right and i remember sitting in there and i'm like i want to be a damage controlman which is for lack of a better term um a firefighter okay but it's not just firefighting because on a ship there's a lot more. There's a just, lot more yeah, than right, just firefighting. Right, right. Um, yeah, if your ship is on fire, that's bad. That's bad. If, and there's a lot to do to stop the fire and preserve the ship. Also, <laughs> if you got water in your ship, that's also that's bad. That's also bad. So you want to yes. make it so that you can patch this hole and dewater the space so that you can get the ship so that it, you know, right. if there's a toxic gas that could potentially be killing people or Mm -hmm. somebody's down in a space that's toxic you have to don this equipment you have to go down in there pull them out you know before they die yeah and that i mean it's 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 a hundred miles an hour you know um if you can believe it uh fires on a ship happen more than you'd think um no and that's i i i've got a buddy who was in the navy also kid i grew up with and and 
he, I believe he actually is a firefighter somewhere around Kansas City. And I haven't, you know, I haven't seen him in probably 15 years or so, but after he had come back, that's, that was his remark because, you know, I, you know, not knowing or being educated about it, I remember him saying about fires on the ship, and I stopped and I thought, and I said, well, how often does the ship catch on fire? And he kind of laughed and he said, honestly, bro, a lot more often than you would ever think. Right. So I changed my job, which I was kind of hoping, I mean, I'm still on board the ship, so everything is still 100 miles an hour. We're still on the same deployment schedule, so it didn't really um, affect that a whole lot. But uh, I am, I, I got into this new rate. I got, you know, started a new job. I was like, okay, this is maybe going to change things. My watch schedule wasn't as extreme. So I wasn't, when I would go underway, I wasn't. Um, you didn't have as much bared down on you. Right. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm on a different watch schedule now. Things are maybe starting to smooth out, but. At this point, I'm straight up running because, you know, yeah, I wanted things to work out, but my my ex-wife is really fed up with me and my, right. my stuff. Yeah. And um, so not to mention that she was being unfaithful and I was being unfaithful and there was a whole lot of mess that it, it couldn't, it, it would have had to have been a miracle. Yeah, Satan God had a whole lot of playing room. Yeah, and I was I was giving it up, man. Right. I was just I was handing it over to just him. Just handing it over. Yeah. So um, I'm I'm handing out over all this ground and everything, and you know I'm I'm staying to watch a little less frequently. My job now I would be banker's hours, so right. from eight to five, five four, four, yeah. I would you know, be doing work or whatever. But then after that point, you're free, right. but you're on call. Right. 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 So if, if, uh, if a, an emergency happens, they ring the bell, fire, fire, fire and compartment 105 tech seven tech Lima, whatever. You stop what you're you doing. You got to stop whatever you're doing. You're eating, you're right. done. Right. If you're going to the bathroom, you're, you're done. done. <laughs> it's, it's time to go. Right. Right. And I was, I actually ended up being rapid response. So I would have to be the first person there. Right. You know, well, so the name kind of gives it away. Rapid response. Yeah. So I was the tip of the spear at this point, you know. Um, so it, it, it got, it got to the point where, yes, I got some relief. I got all this stuff. I'm still an E4 at this point. And, you know, I'm trying to work things out. My wife and I are trying to go to counseling, but, you know, I wanted to go. She didn't really want to go. Uh, you know, they, there's this thing I saw from Chris Rock. He was talking about, you know, um, it's easy for two people to lift a couch. It's really hard for one person to lift a couch. <laughs> you know, marriage yeah. is easy when two people are working at it. It's, it's really, really hard, hard with one person oh, working yeah. at it. Yeah. You know, and so I kind of, that that spoke to me right. but i'm like yeah that really describes is, us well right it describes yeah. it describes us really well and i'm figuring all this stuff out um that this this probably isn't gonna work right you know started and, considering the divorce talk 
right again and and it's really bad when you start to throw around the d word divorce oh yeah um that's that's a clear sign that things are not going to go well it's very conditional um she expected certain things i expected thir- certain things and neither one of us neither measured one of you up. Deliver to the other. Yeah, yeah exactly 100 yeah. percent. and so we're we're walking into this you know not really not really going well um limping along at the very least right and uh yeah so that that was kind of where i was at at that point um so i do my two years and during this time i made e5 so at the point that i made e5 was so in order to make rank when you get to a certain point yeah so from e3 to e4 you have to take a test yeah. which shows that you're competent with your work and what you're doing and what you're right, doing right so i had transitioned jobs and then within five months of going from machinist mate to damage control right i had to take a test right from e4 to e5 right right and so at this point i'm trying to make my life better i got my enlisted surface warfare specialist pin which is you know, extra points on the exam. The enlisted surface warfare specialist pin basically means that any surface job I can competently, if if a whole department dies, you can fill I in can anywhere. fill in anywhere right. on the ship because I know enough about the ship right. and its specifications that I could step into that job and do it accurately right. enough until we can get somebody else to replace me. Yeah. So basically, I did that. That's ex- uh, that's actually extra points on your exam. Right. So um, I walk into this exam. It's my first damage controlman exam. I've never looked at this test before. Mm-hmm. I take my test, and I stinking passed it to the point. Well, I didn't think that this was going to happen. Right. I didn't do any studying. <laughs> I was like, I walked out of it. I'm like, this is going to be bad. Right. You know. And right. so this is my first attempt at this. And I think you can pass the test to within, I think it was like two to three points of advancement. But the advancement for that rate, it goes against the entire Navy. So they only they only accept a certain percentage of people because, you know, because of the, because of the, the entire Navy. Yeah. In, yeah. in all of the Navy, you're going against all these E4s going for E5, oh, yeah. oh, right? Yeah. So the percentage for advancement for damage control at the point that I had passed it was seven percent wow they were only making seven percent of damage controlman dc2s up to e5 and i had gotten within two to three points of passing this thing or to the point where it was like seven percent but they didn't they didn't uh they didn't uh put in the fact that I had an ESWAS pin, which gave me five extra points. Oh, nice. So with that, so now instead of, you, you, I had described before that, you know, if you're a certain, um, if you're, you, you get frocked right. and then you have a certain amount of time that you're not that rank. Right. Right off the right. bat. Right. 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 So transition they, period, the transition period. Right. And so you could lose to anyway. So with with this now that i had found that they made an error they automatically frocked me to an e5 so the day that i found out that i had my test they made a mistake i made e5 
like that. Nice. I started getting paid for it. Yep. It was wild. I was like, what? You know, and <laughs> my command was not happy with this because as you guys know from all of this, I was at par an okay sailor. Right. Like, okay, we'll let you pass. Uh-huh. They gave me promotable evaluations, the whole nine yards. The people that they wanted to advance got a promote. Uh, uh, must promote or an early promote i was always promotable so it was like yeah yeah sticking them right in the eye you know it's like (laughs) yes you know because up to this point it was like that so i made e5 and um and that that was that was a that was also a big deal because at that point i was starting to starting to be okay you know with the navy to a certain extent i was already getting a little comfortable with it now i was in for like about five years at this point And I was like, okay, you know, maybe things are starting to, to, to pan out. And like I said, there was a lot of transition. So my wife and I are going through a divorce at this point, trying to figure out stuff and all of that. So we're coming in too. So you, you just got this promotion. We're going through the process of a divorce. Um, New to the command. New to the command. Not command, but new to the division. Right. And right. new to the job. Gotcha. And so, so you're starting to get a little bit of a positive feeling going on here. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, when things start coming together, man, and you're in those situations, that's, that's that's you know, it, it it's easy to start feeling good about things, even when you may not be living it right, you know, and through all of this chaos. Well, Dave, I'm going to go ahead and... So we are at, uh, Dave got his promotion, he's in the middle of a divorce, and uh, we are getting closer and closer to the end of this testimony, everybody. So uh, bear with us, as we said, I I don't care if it's a seven-part series, we'll take it. I think this has been great content, guys, and um, a a lot for discussion and a lot for uh, questions that I know that I'll have uh, coming up on this next episode. And if you have any questions for Dave or you have any comments about his testimony, please go to, while you're on Spotify for podcasters or regular Spotify, while you're listening, if you go to the bottom, there's an interact button. Please hit that interact button. Throw us a question. Throw us a remark, some encouragement. uh, Leave us us a review. But just let us know how we're doing and let us know if you're enjoying it. And You know, this is going to be, we're going to be doing segments with more testimonies. Dave is just kicking it off as one of our hosts. And we thought, what better way to kick it off than to get a host uh, testimony out here. Yeah, so, and I want to be clear that, you know, I'm I'm trying to be as transparent as possible. Yes. And trying to give you as much content as to why I am the way I am today. That's right. Yeah. He is not trying to, and to throw that out there, a little disclaimer, I know from some some Personal. of this may be edgy. Yeah, you know, a, a little a little bit edgy for you, but I can promise you this that a lot of it we laugh a lot. That's how we kind of deal with stuff. Is yeah. uh, if we don't laugh about it, we'll get way too serious about it, and we're not trying to glorify sin, um, right. sin or any of these other things. So if you catch us laughing, it's just because uh, it may be awkward it's, for it's, us. It's a bit uncomfortable yeah, to right. talk about, right? And it is uncomfortable, and it's hard when you're vulnerable. Let's all remember that. Part of sharing your testimony is a huge huge open door to vulnerability and we are men and if you've ever met a man here on the planet earth um we don't handle vulnerability very well no that's it's an acquired (laughs) skill it's a learned thing and Um, yeah we're working on that yeah this is this is a step to it and so dave i appreciate your transparency here brother and 
And I know the listeners do too. And I'm really looking forward to this next episode because I think we're coming around the curve here where we're going to start figuring out uh, yeah. um, how God, not for the first time, but how God really intervened in your life. And uh, th- that that gets exciting, you know. Right. And so we've got a good foundation of where Dave was. And, and you know, to me, that's important. I know we right. both, Dave and I have discussed this and how important it is to understand who we were before Christ, because right. it makes the transition of um, what following means. Christ actually mean something. It's 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 one thing to say, you know, I, you know, I've I've I just followed Jesus, and now right. all of a sudden, you know, I, I explain to people that you know Jesus. I didn't find Jesus; he found me. Amen. Um, and that's that's a big difference. I feel like absolutely. To a well, that's it. That's a whole outlook and perspective. And outlook can change everything. And if you've got the perspective that man, I didn't find nothing. I was so dumb; I couldn't have found my shoes. Right. And, you know, Jesus found me. That's right. And even in the midst of my horrible behavior and my just deliberate sin and carefree attitude, he looked down and still said, you know, I love you and I want you. I still have a purpose. That's right. That's right. right. You're still important to me. You may not be the brightest crayon in the box at the moment, but I'm still going to color a picture with you. That's right. So, <laughs> so, so we're going to go ahead and uh, close out in prayer. And then, yeah. we'll, uh, you know, when we come back, it'll be new job new everything and you think if you think that i'm going to catch on right away you'll be wrong so (laughs) uh, we got something to look forward to i'm interested in seeing how this new job goes because remember guys the promotional test for e5 was a shot in the wind that's right seven (laughs) percent seven oh good lord yeah so i really am i am i'm interested to see how this uh this promotion went and um and how all the rest of this went and plus how he's uh i'm sure he took a little bit of flack from his fellow sailors considering he was not a i wasn't trying to be a sailor no I wasn't trying to be good at all. I'm sure that stepped on a few guys' yeah, toes. Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah, I can only imagine. All right, guys. Well, again, we appreciate your time so much. Are you ready for me to pray? And yes, we are ready <laughs> for Dave to pray. We're going to cheer that we got to a pray moment. Let's all just be happy about that. We got there. Um, it takes us some time, but Dave, go ahead and pray us out, and we will see you guys with another podcast within the next few days so all again, right thank you dave and let's uh let's let's close in prayer all right father god we thank you for um the opportunity to come and share our testimony and uh we just pray god that that somebody gets something that's even if it's just understanding that you know god works even when we don't see it yes. and and we just thank you god for the utter depravity that we live in that we can actually bring glory to you even though we don't see it and when the turnaround happens that it's great and we just praise you god for everything you're doing through this testimony through everything you're doing through us through the podcast god we just pray that it has impact and we just love you and uh we want you to be in this 
a hundred percent. We yes. just praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Thank you for tuning in again. We love you. We appreciate you. If you have any questions, if you need a Bible, if you just want to ramble with us, right. shoot us a message. If you have interest and you are in the Des Moines area and you have interest in being a guest on the show, let us know. Yeah. We would love to have you come in the studio with us and maybe we can just chop it up a bit or right. maybe you want to share your testimony, whatever that may be. Guys, we want to engage with you. We're, we're trying to be the body here. That's right. Just as we spoke the other day. So, you know what? It takes many of us to create one body. So let's do that, guys. And we have no interest in your denomination. I'm not concerned with what church you go to. Only that you're a brother or sister in Christ or a brother and sister who needs Christ. Right. That is what we are out here to do, guys. So thank you again for taking the time to listen to us. And we are going to see y'all here in just a few more days. Take care and God bless. God bless. I have to pee so bad. Oh, dude, me too. So we got one more, maybe one more. I'm okay with one or two more, dude.